0: And the
1: glory forever and ever amen Welcome to the podcast in and through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim Elmore and I am the senior pastor at Memorial Baptist Church, Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall Morden and I'm the
0: associate pastor at NBC in Stratford.
1: We got a lot to talk about today. We
0: do. Yeah, we got three more commandments to mm-hmm. get into. Mm-hmm. but first, how are you doing, Tim? I'm good. Yeah. had a good lunch. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Mike and Laura. Yes. Got us some of that uh, Christian chicken, the Swiss, the Swiss chalet. Yeah. It's good stuff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so now that we're well fed, had some Time of that, a nap. that special Swiss chalet sauce. Yeah, ready for a nap. <laughs> just in a, in a slight daze from all the calories we just took in. But first we cast a pot. We do. We do. Mm. And so we get to question 11 today. Uh, What does God require in the 6th— Hold on, hold on.
1: What? I just left that sounding like sometimes we take naps in the office. (laughs) (laughs) We're not really going to finish the podcast and take a nap. (laughs) Just thought that would be noted.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's— Sorry to
1: interrupt. My day's
0: not anywhere near done at this point. Um, What does God require in the 6th, 7th, and 8th commandments? So just— to keep people up to speed, number six is you shall not murder mm-hmm. Number seven is you shall not commit adultery right and number eight is you shall not steal. yes, so based on that, mm-hmm. we have some stuff to talk about some we implications do. of that but but what we like to start with Tim uh, sometimes and chat a little bit about is maybe some wrong interpretations or understandings of of what those commandments are.
1: Yeah, so what we're going to find as we go through these answers they're expanded because in time the scriptures expand them. Yeah. Uh n- probably most famously in the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. But it will also happen in the Levitical law itself mm-hmm. that these will will gain more detail. Um But there's a lot of this that people just want to throw up to, like, God doesn't really care. Right. Especially around the issues of sexual immorality. Yeah. God doesn't care. Yeah. Um, It's relative to your
0: circumstances, your situation. Yeah.
1: I I heard Hitchens say one time, uh, one thing, a thing we can know for sure, one, there is no God. But if there was a God, Mm. he wouldn't care who I was sleeping with. Right. Right. Which I found really interesting that you could, without a doubt, know the moral status and moral preferences of a, a being that you think is fictional. Right. That's interesting. Right. <laughs> if he did exist, <laughs> if he, he did wouldn't exist, be like what I would, imagine he would be. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah it's like at this point you're just you're literally making stuff up. yeah yeah no you're right Uh, but yeah but it's a common sentiment yeah god doesn't care yeah um although the bible talks more about sexual immorality than a lot of things almost every other (laughs) sin there is uh and and all of these all these sort of boil down to transgression Mm -hmm. if we look at kinds of sin Mm -hmm. uh where you cross the line to a place you're not supposed to be, um, and when man thinks of himself as his own god, those lines don't exist. Yeah. So how can you transgress a line that doesn't exist?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You do you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and I think like one of the things you mentioned earlier, the more the most common misconception within the church, I would say, in regards to these commandments, is just that that we have too narrow of a scope of what they're actually talking about. Yeah. But, not only when we keep in mind you know as you said the the expansions that we see in the new testament but even even in the old testament context these things were sure unpacked right not committing adultery is about more than just not cheating on your wife right right there and that's and that's made abundantly clear so we we can't fall into the trap where where we just like oh well you know i've never done that never crossed that line therefore i'm good in the case of the seventh commandment.
1: Yeah, and, and in these, I mean, if you if you take them at their lowest bar, or at their at their explicit value, mm-hmm. that's a low bar. Yeah, right. It's not
0: hard. It's not that hard not to murder people. Right. <laughs> at least, at least in our context, maybe there was a time in history where it, things were a bit more complicated that way. But it's pretty easy for me to go about my day and not take the life of a human being. Glad to hear. I mean, there are times. <laughs> just
1: kidding. If, if it weren't the case, <laughs> if it weren't the case, we'd have to have talks.
0: Usually, usually, like, I'm on the 401 in the greater Toronto area, and that's, you know, that dark side of me starts to rear its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So, let's see what the uh,
1: catechism has to say. Sure. About question 11. And to be fair, this is going to be expanded. It is. Last week, we disagreed with the amount of expansion. Yeah, we
0: thought they went a little bit too far.
1: This time it feels like these expansions are the scriptural expansions. Yeah. So I, if it's a little bit longer than you think and you thought oh it's going to be kind of the same response as last week. Yeah. Not not exactly.
0: No. So I'll just read the answer here. So it says in regards to the commandment sixth that we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. That we abstain from sexual immorality and live purely and faithfully, whether in marriage or in single life, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires, and whatever might lead to them. And eighth, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. So, Mm -hmm. there's a lot here, right? What constitutes sin according to what the catechism has to say, is not only in the direct actions that are obvious violations of the explicit commandment, right? Right. We're talking about words and thoughts and feelings that are problematic when we want to live holy lives.
1: Yeah, and I think there's there's something interesting to be said about the statement, and whatever might lead to them, hmm. where... This we've we've talked before about fencing and about how it is not not like Olympic sword fighting, but the building of fences. Right. Just don't want anyone to be confused. <laughs> so there is the there's the issue where we say, well, this is sin. And it would be legalism to say, so don't do this because it might lead to that. Right. Um, that's true when you're imposing on others. Those ideas? Yeah. But when you're talking about yourself, mm-hmm. that is such a healthy practice. It is. It really is. Um, I wrote an article, man, it's probably been two years now, for a Gospel Coalition in Canada, talking about how I deal with entertainment in my own life mm-hmm. in this same way. Yeah. Right? Um, just how sometimes you catch yourself being entertained mm-hmm. and by sin, not committing it. Right. But enjoying that someone else is. Right. um, Which can cause us to even go so far, like in in its extremities, Mm. to despise our own salvation. That We would say, boy, if I wasn't a Christian, I would enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not as explicitly, but Mm -hmm. maybe internally. Yeah. Um, So I I thought that that was an interesting statement. Well put. Mm -hmm. But deserving of a caveat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think so. So why don't we deal with these three commandments kind of one one at a time here? And we can start chipping chipping away at them here. Uh, so the first one being do not murder. But the, the catechism obviously unpacks that to hurting and hating and hostility towards our neighbors. Um, and, and this is because, you know, Jesus obviously explains that you know, hating someone is committing murder in your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, a passage I found in 1 John 3, 1 John three fifteen says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Yeah. That's heavy. And we can't just breeze over that stuff. I feel like that's a thing. And and I'm not trying to say that, like, if you've struggled with this, then, you know, therefore you ought to question your salvation. But there there is a concern here that, like, we can sometimes you know, breeze over the heaviness of the call that we've been called to by Christ.
1: Yeah. I, and there are other calls, like if you've got something against your brother, mm-hmm. leave your worship at the altar, mm-hmm. go make it right, and then come back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and and that, too, is something that I think that we can breeze past. Mm-hmm. It can be like, well— yeah, I'm working through this thing. God understands that I'm working through it, but he's not going to be like, don't come to church on Sunday until you've worked through that in your heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Which doesn't mean don't come to church on Sunday. Yeah. It means stop messing around with that thing and just forgive them. Yeah. Move on from it. Exactly. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Stop letting it linger.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think when it comes to like, you know, our thoughts and evil thoughts and intentions towards other people. One of the things I was thinking about, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of my line of thinking here. If it's simply the consequences that would come if we harmed someone else, Mm -hmm. right? If if that, if, if the fear of the consequences is what's preventing us from doing that, rather than a desire to love our neighbor and to live in obedience to God, then those, like, then even in our lack of action, we're sinning, right? Like if if the only thing stopping me from hurting someone else is the fear that I'm going to get in trouble for it, hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like if it's like, well, you know, I I do something about that, but you know, the police
1: would charge me. You know what I mean? Like, sure. No, if I, that's I, what's
0: holding us back. Right. Um. That's a problem.
1: Right. Then the then the heart is still murderous. Yeah. 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 I. This is gonna this is gonna be a thing, for possibly all of the commandments, but I I had a guy sit down in my uh, office one time and say, the only reason the Ten Commandments exist is so that we can live in harmony with one another. And if it's not hurting anyone, then what's the problem? Mm. And the issue is not that we live in harmony, Mm. right? I think that we would, in our obedience, live in harmony is a side effect. Yeah. A beneficial side effect. The real thing going on here is that we are God's creation living as He intended. Mm -hmm. And with that, bringing Him honor and glory. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to. That's the righteousness we're called to. And it has very little to do with how other people are affected. Um, But His right way not only brings Him glory, but brings benefit to all.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Now, the one kind of tricky thing when it comes to this commandment, you know, do not murder, um, does this command and the implications of Scripture surrounding it um, imply that we ought to be pacifists? And there's been a lot of ink spilt on this question. There's a lot of people that, you know, we love and respect on different sides of that question. There's disagreement here of, of like what exactly, how does what does that look like? Some very ancient ink. Yeah, some very ancient ink, yeah. right? Should Christian is it okay for Christians to be in military service? Mm-hmm. Some people would say no, um, and it's a difficult it's a difficult question to to deal with. Um, they might be called upon to kill someone else. Um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. I mean, what 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 are your feelings about? about pacifism
1: so here's what here's what you're doing you're taking the lead so that you can pass it off so that it ping pongs back and forth okay (laughs) but you're also anticipating that we might think differently about this okay and you want me to go first because last time you didn't like the way it went when we disagreed
0: but you also went first that time, <laughs> so I'm just saying that
1: I, I'm just giving you the no,
0: it, no. I'm just curious. I just want to see how you you lead into this. What yeah, so
1: there. so this is when we say ancient inks built on this. Um, Augustine wrote about just war theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and and even before him, yeah, some of his work on it was understanding other people's work on it, right. Uh, it was a huge thing for the split in the Anabaptist Church, mm-hmm. which led to the followings uh, that are the Mennonites, mm-hmm. right? Who, when they were persecuted, would not even defend themselves. Right. Uh, is the way I understand it historically. And so um, there's a lot here, and it's, it's not just about military. Like, that comes down to police. Sure. Uh, if I'm going to have to do something that could cost someone else their life, can I do that as a believer? Mm-hmm. To be perfectly frank, I don't have a position on this. Yeah, I don't have a hard stand on this. If someone came to me, and it's happened before, where someone's come to me and said, I think I'm going to join the military. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Man, I w- I would point them to the relevant passages of Scripture, probably point them to a couple of resources, and say, you need to go to God with that Mm -hmm. in good conscience and know that as your pastor, I'm not casting a judgment one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is a, this is a place where I don't have a 100% firm stance that I would say, this is what I am going to say, especially knowing that as a pastor, People give that opinion an extra weight, mm-hmm. um, as if that is the universal scriptural interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, this this is one this is one that I'm w- willing to hold in flux. Yeah. I, I don't have a, a definite spot on it. I mm-hmm. really do understand both sides, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I I understand the idea that we have to defend people who are in harm's way and to let someone go through the process of slaughtering mm-hmm. is unjust mm-hmm. and cannot be in the plan of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand um, those who would say that vengeance belongs to the Lord mm-hmm. um, and that the, the wars that we see fought in Scripture Mm-hmm. Explicitly ordained by God mm-hmm. to bring about his will um many of the wars that we see today are politically driven mm-hmm. um Economically is, it, is driven. it the same thing yeah right yep um and so so on this on this i i'm agnostic i i yeah. don't I don't know where I stand or that I could know where i stand yeah um, no i i think it's there, complex
0: yeah there's nuance here and i think yeah context matters right like for for me like yeah so like i i like what augustine and later aquinas kind of wrote about this mm-hmm. idea of like just war theory right the idea that like the the government has been given the sword by god sure. to exercise justice to some degree so but like what i did what I like about what Aquinas said is he just kind of like he puts certain kind of like parameters on what would constitute what would be a reasonable reason <laughs> to go to war right like is this are we talking self defense are we talking about defending innocence like what's the motivations is this expansionism is this trying to get mm-hmm. mo- like get money and riches is this like you know what what are the what are the parameters around that and I think for a believer right like it depends on your own context right like so Okay, we live here in Canada. The vast majority of any kind of military action that we've been involved with is peacekeeping missions and that sort of thing that. So joining the Canadian military is going to be different than if you're a believer in China joining the military and your assignment is to round up the Uyghur people and ship them off to concentration camps. Right. Like there's 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 going to be different things asked of you in different contexts. Right. So. I think it's fair and I think like yeah it's a matter it's a matter of conscience as well I I took some flack um, when I began uh, competing in kickboxing mm-hmm. right Muay Thai kickboxing people like as a Christian how do you think it's okay for you to punch someone else in the face right and for me like I don't have any ill intent towards those people like I don't hate the people I'm competing against it's a sport um, but some people really just had a hard time with that um, so I understand. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's it's a matter of it's a matter of conviction, right?
1: Like. Yeah, it's it's a it's a complicated question and we're not going to solve it. So I, I don't know if I'm comforted by that last statement that you made. Mm. I mean, it'd be one thing to be like, no, I hate those people and that's why I want to punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. But to know that you don't have to hate a person to be willing to punch <laughs> them in the face <laughs> makes me a little uneasy. <laughs> I'm glad we have this plastic shield between us. <laughs> <laughs> and that we're more than six well, feet they, apart.
0: They, You know, they've trained. They've signed up for it. It's controlled yeah. to some degree. People get hurt, but it's, you know, it's a sport. I don't know. I I think it's fine, but whatever. Um, if you disagree, you can email me, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, um, let's move on to the next one. I, I, w- oh. I would say before we move on entirely. Okay. Yes.
1: I, I think the biggest call to this is not having to... Define exactly how far goes too far mm-hmm. and just say where it is possible for you. Live at peace with all people. Yeah. And that includes within your own heart. Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling to be at peace with someone in your own heart, that needs to be taken to the Lord. Yep. Yeah. For your own well-being and for your Christian witness. And one, one great way to do this, because people are instantly, naturally going to say, yeah, but if you only knew, mm. right? But I, I think, I think what, what I try to do is consider where that person's coming from, right? What are they dealing with? What are the sins of their own heart that are becoming evident? Mm-hmm. And then to say, hey, you know what? I'm also broken, and that's how they respond in their brokenness. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong, God heal their brokenness. Right. And uh and and that's that's really helpful in setting aside that sort of lingering ill will.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know I think that's great. Yeah, so the the next commandment um uh, to not commit adultery. Again, m- similar Similar mindset to how we approach the, the last commandment as well, right? We're mm-hmm. ju- we're not just talking about like explicit, invisible violations of that commandment. We're, we're talking about thoughts and desires. We're talking about, you know, the, the, how we unpack this, right? Um, sexual immorality in general is a violation of this commandment, right? And, you know— this like, like a lot of things is, is more difficult for some than others to, to follow. Yeah. Like there are some people that God has blessed with an ability to, um, to really stay on the right page. And then for other people, you know, many people that I, that I chat with, like it's a, it's a battle, it's a fight, right. To, especially in the culture we live where there's just so much that's just in front of your face. Right. And the, the breakdown of the family unit and the, the, prevalence of you know pornography and and just other things in our culture that just make this this a tough fight for a lot of people
1: yeah i i think so i grew up with this song in sunday school okay i oh, be careful little eyes what you see um not a great song it sort of paints god in this weird place of of being a moralist police yeah right why why be careful little eyes what you see because the father up above is looking down mm-hmm. in love. Mm-hmm. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah. So there's sort of like this passive aggressive <laughs> policing of morality's nature <laughs> right. in God, right? right? That is way more in line with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Right, you better not pout. You better not cry. You better not shout. I'm telling you, why <laughs> Santa Claus is coming. To- yeah. Almost identical. Yeah, that's almost identical. That's an astute point. Things yeah. to teach a child. <laughs> right. Neither one of them are true.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait. What? We
1: should be careful, little eyes, what we see. But the reason is, because the eyes are the window to the soul. And what we behold, we become. Mm. And so. As we take these things in, they become normalized to us. Yep. Eve looked upon the fruit and saw that it was good for mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Right. She didn't just say no. I've got this whole thing available to me. Not that mm-hmm. I'm going to flee from this sin. Yeah. No. She she's tempted by it and she decides. Well, let's look into it. Mm-hmm. You know what? It does look tasty. Mm-hmm. And and next thing she knows, she's she's in it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, there's sometimes an argument like, "Well, I mean, how far are you going to take that? I mean, things that can cause you to be tempted one way or the other in this can go any number of directions. You're just going to stop entertainment altogether."
0: Hmm.
1: Jesus' response: It's better to be in heaven with your eyes mangled hmm. than. To live life with your eyes and miss heaven, right? Mm-hmm. The, the idea being, if that's what it takes, yeah, for your heart to be guarded and clean, then sure, yeah, it's not always about what you see. Like that's a that's a really common one for men, mm-hmm. right? Um, but things that can cause your heart to desire in other ways. <laughs> You ready for the most controversial thing we've ever said on this podcast? I'm ready. This is a buckle up moment. That's okay. You're going to, you should buckle up. You're going to fall out of your chair. We're in the church library. We are. There are a number of books here that have an opportunity in some women's hearts. Oh, yeah. To make them say, that man Mm -hmm. is better than the one God has given me. Mm -hmm. Because look at how he loves her Mm -hmm. and how strong a Christian he is. Mm Mm-hmm. I want that kind of man and cause you to lust after the idea of a better man than the husband that God's given to you. And, And that is another means of causing the heart to transgress, and want for a thing that is not what God has designed for you mm-hmm. and given to you. And it doesn't build your relationship. It destroys your relationship. It doesn't cause you to grow with your spouse. It causes division and causes contempt for that spouse. Those things need to be avoided in the same way. Yeah. And so if you see those tendencies, you got to run from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really astute. Um. I got another controversial sh- uh, controversial thought. Oh, man, I can't speak today. All right. Um, although kind of shifting gears, but still on the same kind of um, sexual ethics, Christian sexual ethics thing. We don't do any favors for our young people when we apply the societal prerequisites for marriage onto young Christian couples. Mm-hmm. We make it... When you, because here's the thing, when you have two young people who are in love and are, are doing their best to save themselves for marriage, but then we heap on the pressures of our society to say, you need to be established in your career. You need to be done all your schooling. You need to be a homeowner. You have to have be, have all of these bits and pieces in place. Before You know, like we're going to look down and like, and then also expect them to remain uh, chaste. Mm-hmm. During what can be years and years and years of engagement because no, they're not at that point, right? Paul says it's better to marry than to burn with passion, right sure like, let the like like for our for our older listeners, like for those of you who have like Christian children, like I don't know, I plead with you to just not apply any additional pressure than our society's already doing
1: yeah and and I would also say on the societal issue, I would say talking. To people about this sort of thing not sweeping it under the rug pretend like it doesn't happen what happens in that is that the only voice of sexuality and and even romantic infatuation like any level of that Mm -hmm. the only voice then is the voice of culture right and so where else are we supposed to learn a right and godly Mm. approach to love Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. um other than from the church, yeah. So, so sometimes what we do is we just say, well, we're just going to assume that they're going to figure it out. We don't want to talk about it because maybe <laughs> it gets a little bit uncomfortable, or right. uh, or my son or daughter doesn't want to get, you know, into a conversation with me about who it is that they like or don't like or they're dating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day. And I thought I'd, I even told the person like your son would roll over <laughs> if he realized that you were talking to your pastor about who he's dating right now. not from a sort of like i'm the pastor so i should tell you who to date and that kind of thing right but why shouldn't parents in the church be talking about this kind of thing sure if you if you're not you're only trusting that the world is going to teach them rightly how to pursue intimate relationships in a way that honors god yeah and it's not going to happen yeah
0: yeah and one other kind of key thing here when it comes to um you know, how we understand godly sexuality. It's something that you mentioned in a sermon a while back and it comes in First Corinthians five. And it comes about from where we like we wrongly apply this standard to those outside the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So in First Corinthians five, Paul's talking about the problems of sexual immorality within the church and he talks about not associating with sexually immoral people. But then he goes out of his way to say, yeah, but I'm not talking about about those Outside of the church, right? right? I'm talking about people in the church and then goes on to say, you know For what have I to do with judging others and and I think we can get this wrong all the time Um, And and admittedly there are tricky situations Mm -hmm. Um, tricky situation Uh, You're a Christian couple with adult children. Your adult child is not a believer They come to stay with you because they live out of town. They bring their significant other whom they're not married to sure they're under your roof do you make them sleep in separate beds again that's a tricky question i mean i'm not there my my child is young <laughs> i'm a long ways off from that but i've seen that play out oh, yeah. amongst yeah. my generation and my family and again i'm going personal opinion here so so don't don't take this too heavily but i, I was always always surprised at how my parents once my siblings who were non-believers reached adulthood were held to Christian Christian moral standards in that regard. It it just felt awkward to me. It felt felt strange that um, we were expecting pagans to be holy yeah. without
1: knowing Christ. I don't know. Just made made w- didn't make sense to me. Sure. Just yeah. And point. and I th- I think you're going to have to ask the question: What am I comfortable with? Yeah. And true. how far is too far? Those yep. kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's a good point to say we can spend so m- we can spend all of our time looking outside yeah. and say, can you believe those guys? Um, th- let's just say this. It would be kind of like if a person was trying to pick a speck of dust out of someone's eye <laughs> while they themselves had, I don't know, like say a beam in their own eye. Um you could you can imagine where that would be difficult. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's yeah, a great analogy, like that. Tim.
0: You're so clever. Um <laughs> all right. So, anyways, let's let's uh let's move on to the the third commandment of the day, our final one that we're gonna that we're gonna deal with because we're we've been talking for a while now. Do not steal, which seems pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. at least at first. Sure. Right? Don't take things that don't belong to you. Absolutely. Fair enough. You know what? All three of these at face value, our culture widely accepts these. And most cultures widely accept these, right? Don't take yeah. stuff that doesn't belong to you. That's fine. But the catechism adds, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. Well, now the doors are just wide open, <laughs> right? And this is the thing. James four seventeen. Whoever knows the right thing to do yet fails to do it, for him it's sin. And we like to squirm our way out of this one.
1: Sure. Don't we? Right? Yeah.
0: We're happy to help. I mean, as long as we don't feel the pinch. <laughs> yeah. And this, that
1: touches on not only the sin of commission, but the sin of omission. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I, I, I think this, that interpretation of do not steal, the, the taking what is not yours, mm-hmm. is the overarching theme for uh, Commandments 6 and 7 as well. Mm. Uh, adultery is taking what is not yours to take. It's mm-hmm. um, true. And... And to hate or to murder is to take what is not yours to take. That's a good point. And that's the life of someone else. Uh, and and so this taking or withholding from someone, um, the the idea is, is a base on greed, right? Mm-hmm. What I have or want is more important to me than what I might contribute to you. Mm-hmm. That might mean that what I want you have, and I don't care, I'm going to take it regardless of what it does to you or what I have, I'm going to keep though. You need it. And I don't care because it's about me and not you. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and cause I think here's the thing like, and um, in the commentary, Steven, um, who's kind of referencing Luther mentions that like these negative prohibitions in the commandments, mm-hmm. like Don't do this thing. Carry with them positive implications. Right. So if we're not to kill, then we are to value human life. Sure. If we're not to commit adultery, we are to, you know, value the healthy relationships that we have in our life and and also like put God put God in front of us um in such a way that we're, we're not getting we're not going off the rails in other directions. If if we're not to steal, then that also comes from understanding that we ought to remember that we've been called to, um, radical generosity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, first Timothy five, eight, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This is tricky. I I get it's tricky. Um, coming from complicated family situation myself, I get that this can be tricky, but when family needs help, the answer is yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's people listening right now that are going, what if, what if, what about? <sighs> and maybe the way you help might be affected.
1: Right. Because there's there's a difference between refusing to help mm-hmm. and refusing to enable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to vary in different situation to situation. But when family needs help, the answer is always yes.
1: Decide whether or not you're helping or enabling mm. with a clean conscience before the lord yeah not justifying in the way that suits you right that's the that's tricky mm. that is that is in that in, it's a delicate line to walk but walk it
0: yeah and in that in order to do that you have to know the the person that is coming to you and their situation to some degree. i mean the the ideally you're going to know them and know their situation mm-hmm. right
1: and that involves being involved in and, that person's life being and equally knowing your own heart
0: yeah And knowing what your own predisposition is, because some people are predisposed to to say yes in unhealthy ways, or to say no. Yeah, good point. For unhealthy reasons.
1: Um, yeah, good one. Well, that felt really fast. It did. What what What's our timeline like? Thirty six minutes. Oh, well, there you go. So, well, (laughs) thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition Piano and is produced by Alex Walker. Next time, we'll do three more. Sounds good. See you then.